You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Fenizio, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. Surely I'll put this man to death. Remember, that was the way that David responded. Well, David's busted. And Nathan turns that whole story around and he says, you are that man. And so David says, I have sinned. When his sin had been brought to his attention, David said, I have sinned. And God said, your sins are forgiven. There was immediate reconciliation and restoration when David had asked for forgiveness from God. Pastor Mike is recounting the story of David's massive failures, including adultery and murder. And yet, he tells us that God immediately forgave David and reconciled with him the moment that David acknowledged his sin and repented. Do you feel far from God today? Is the Spirit nudging you to confess a sin you know is in the way? No matter how it feels, He is always right there, ready to receive you with open arms. Instead of living with the weight of separation, turn around and fall into his arms. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of 2 Samuel chapter 14 as he continues his message, Wise Counsel. they'll pack up the kids, they'll slam the door behind them, and they're gone. But then time passes, and then one of the members of the family realize it wasn't worth our being separated. And now they're longing to bring back the relationship, because the love that they once experienced that was broken because of the disagreement is still there. But you see, the problem is pride. That interferes with reconciling the relationship. You know, they're thinking, I'm not going to make the first move until they say that they are sorry. You know, it's that foolish kind of an attitude that keeps people separated. Well, anyway, this woman is reminding David that death is inevitable and it is final. And if death should strike without reconciliation, you'll hold on to that misery forever. Forever sorry. You didn't make amends. You didn't seek to heal the wounds. And now all you have to look forward to is a funeral and regrets. So the counsel, David, don't be foolish. Don't carry this on. Express your love and appreciation not now while you can. You know, in my own experience, there were so many things that I wish that I was able to say to my mother before she passed away. 
when my mom passed away, my wife and myself and some of my kids, not all of my children had already been born, but we were living in Alaska. And word had gotten back to us. In fact, it was really crazy because my sister, my older sister, had a really hard time tracking me down in Alaska. And I guess, you know, understandably so. I mean, we were like a world away. They had contacted a state trooper, actually came to where I had been working and let me know that my sister was trying to get a hold of me. I really didn't know why she was trying to get a hold of me, but would you please contact her? And so when I dialed my sister up from Alaska, who was living in New Jersey at the time, told me that my mom had just passed away. And I had this wonderful relationship with both my mother and my father. My, they were both wonderful parents who loved me, and I loved them just as much as they loved me. And it's not to say that I never expressed my love for my mother, but my mom had a heart attack, and she suddenly died. And I really didn't have the opportunity to have a sit down with her to really express how much I really appreciated her for all that she had done in raising me, all of the sacrifices that she had made. You know, both my, you know, they weren't wealthy people. They made great sacrifices for me and my sister. You know, my, both my mother and father knew that we loved them, but I never really had an opportunity to sit down with my mother to express that love and my appreciation for all that they had done, all of the sacrifices. They were both working stiffs. Now, that wasn't the case with my father. My father had become ill, and he moved into our homes. We, actually, after we moved back to Jersey to begin the ministry, my dad had become ill. Many of you know, Regina, you remember my, mom, my dad. He used to actually come to our father. In fact, I had an opportunity to, to witness to my father and and bring him to Christ. I, I led him in a prayer to receive Christ. I even baptized him. I don't know if you remember that. So my father lived with us for about two years before he passed away. So I had plenty of opportunities to be able to you know, share how much I loved him and how much I appreciated him for all. He, but I never had that opportunity for my, for my mother. And I always regretted that. You know, We came back from Alaska. She had already passed away. And, and the last time I saw her was at the funeral home. And I always regretted that. And it was always something, even to the present time, that I you know, carry along with me. And so, anyway, but it was too late. It was too late because she had passed away. You know, we have an interesting custom here in our culture. We send flowers to the funeral home when someone has died. And understandably so. You know, we were showing them respect by doing that. And we're trying to comfort those who have been left behind. But wouldn't it be much better if while they were alive, we sent them flowers with a note of appreciation? I mean, think about it, right? So often we wait until it's too late. So anyway, the wise counsel that this woman offered to King David, get to it before it's too late. Okay, so let's bring this down to personal terms. I don't know what's going on in your life. I, maybe this message relates to, you know, a mother, a father, a sibling. You know, something's happened. It's a broken relationship. Don't allow yourself to have any regrets. You know, take the initiative and, and, and reconcile that relationship before it's too late. Now, the second word of wisdom that this woman offered to David is also recorded in verse 14. So let's go back to verse 14. Notice what she says there. God does not take away a life 
And she, in saying this, is implying God is not a respecter of persons. Now, I want you to think about that as a part of this process of reconciliation. You know, you've been offended. That person has maybe gone out of their way to do you harm. But listen, you're no better than they are. I mean, you probably have been guilty of this very same thing in some other kind of a relationship or doing something that was just as bad as they have done to you. And so she reminds David that God is not a respecter of persons. Now, why did she do that? Well, you see, David was angry with Absalom for what he had done, but David's crime was far greater than his son's. Remember Bathsheba. Remember, we talked about this in one of our previous studies. Remember, just a short while ago, in a deliberate attempt to cover his sin and guilt, trying to hide his sin of adultery that he had committed with this woman Bathsheba, he had her husband Uriah put to death. And remember, when David was busted by the prophet Nathan, remember telling him the story about the the two men, one was very wealthy, had great flocks and herds, and the other was a very poor man who only had one ewe lamb, a ewe lamb. And remember, there was a traveler who had come, and rather than, you know, they uh, prepared a great feast, but rather than taking of his own flock, he went to his next-door neighbor and took that one little ewe lamb and slaughtered it to prepare for the feast. Remember the story that was told David by the prophet Nathan, and David was infuriated by that? Surely I'll put this man to death. Remember, that was the way that David responded. Well, David's busted, and Nathan turns that whole story around, and he says, You are that man. And so David says, I have sinned when his sin had been brought to his attention. David said, I have sinned. And God said, your sins are forgiven. There was immediate reconciliation and restoration when David had asked for forgiveness from God. But then God, through the prophet Nathan, went on to declare, and you shall not die. So this woman is reminding David, God is no respecter of persons. And David, you should not be a respecter of persons either as it relates to your son, Absalom. He also forgave Absalom's sin just as readily as he has yours, David. And so I want you to think about that in this whole process of reconciliation. The person who you had the falling out with, Remember that. God is not a respecter of persons, and neither should we be. And in comparison, David's sin was greater, because Absalom did it out of revenge. And you know what? If something like this happened, you know, you you hear about all of these things, like, for example, on the 6 o'clock news, of someone, you know, taking another person's life because of, uh, you know, someone had injured someone or someone raped, and you think raped an innocent woman, and your first thought would be, hey, he's only getting his just deserves, right? You would think he's, he's getting his just punishment for what he had done, right? So in comparison, David's sin was greater because Absalom did what he did out of revenge. But also, under the law, Amnon would have been put to death for raping a woman. You know, it almost justifies Absalom's motive here. But God is no respecter of persons. 
He has forgiven you, David, and you should forgive Absalom, your son. Now, something else that I want to draw to your attention. Isn't it all so interesting how we think that some people are more forgivable than others? But it doesn't matter who the person is or what the person has done. If the person is a child molester, which is an extremely grievous sin, no doubt, or a sweet little old lady, and what they've done, you know, isn't it interesting the, the way that we perceive those individuals? But the truth of the matter is that it doesn't matter who that person is or what that person has done. And we shouldn't be a respecter of persons either. We have a tendency to carry over our feelings and what we think God is like. But God offers his forgiveness and his pardon to all people, no matter what. You know, the gate of forgiveness is open to all who call upon God. In the book of Romans, in chapter 10, in verse 13, here's a cross-reference for you. The Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, notice that, whosoever shall call upon the, no matter what you've done, no matter what you're guilty of, no matter how grievous your sin is. Hey, listen, sin is sins, but there are certain, and there are greater degrees to sin, no doubt. But nevertheless, whosoever, which is a pretty broad word, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be said. And yes, I know that this is a hard concept to understand. Remember, the Jews had a problem with this. They thought that they were God's chosen. They had an extremely difficult time understanding how that God was grafting in the Gentiles. You know, they they thought that they were God's elect alone, that they were God's chosen. In fact, the popular opinion of the day by the Jews was that they thought that Gentiles had been created to fan the fires of hell. That was the popular opinion of the Jews as it relates to the Gentiles back then. So the Jews had a real problem with this. They thought that they alone were God's chosen. They truly were respecters of persons. In fact, Peter, remember, was schooled when he was to take the gospel to the Gentiles. Remember in the book of Acts in chapter 10, when God had set up this meeting between Peter and Cornelius, who was a Gentile, but his heart was right before God. He was someone who was seeking God, who who prayed regularly. And after God prepared Peter to minister to Cornelius and his house, remember he was caught up in a trance, and he saw the sheet come down from heaven. And on the sheet were all manners of creatures and and, uh, creeping things, things that were forbidden by the law, the Old Testament law, to eat. And then God spoke, and said, eat. And Peter said, Lord, these things are forbidden. And then God responded, he says, that which God has cleansed is cleansed. And so he received the revelation. And of a truth, I perceive that God is not a respecter of persons. And that was Peter's testimony. It was a revelation. And it had everything to do with what God was about to do in grafting in the Gentiles. You know, we believe God loves Americans more than he does, and i I, got to be real careful about this, because of Masha here in our fellowship, you know, but uh, somehow we believe that God loves Americans more than he does the Russians. Sorry, Masha, I just thought I'd use them as an example. 
because it seems as if that they are, you know, antagonistic towards Americans or the Chinese or, you know, or whatever. But it's not true. We're respecters of person. But that's not the case with God. It's not true of God. You know, in the book of James, and, and the reason why this is recorded for us in the book of James is because we, we have a tendency of being respecters of persons. And so he writes to exhort us, to warn us against this sort of thing. My brethren, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. For if there should come into your assembly a man with gold rings and fine apparel, and there should also come in a poor man in filthy clothes, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say to him, you sit here in a good place. You know, we'll usher him up to the front of the facility. You know, someone comes in who's dressed in rags or whatever. You know, we have a tendency to push him. You know, we don't do that here at Harvest Christian Fellowship, God forbid. But, you know, we'll place them somewhere in the back of the, the room. There shouldn't be, because God is not a respecter of persons. And say to the poor man, you stand there or sit here at my footstool. Have you not shown partiality among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? So I, I think that this is something that we deal with. I think that this is something that is ingrained within us. It's something that is a part of our upbringing. It's just a part of our culture and our, our society. So if this wasn't the case, James would have never included this in his epistle. So the idea here, once again, this woman's counsel, David, God will forgive Absalom just as willingly as he forgave you. And then her final words of wisdom, which is also included here in verse 14. Let's go back to that verse. Notice there. God devises means that is banished, be not expelled from him. Now let me give you an example of this. When Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, he was banished from the family of God. He was banished from the Garden of Eden. He was banished from that place of fellowship and communion with God. And he had suffered the inevitable consequences of his sin, which was what? separation from God, and thus he was banished from God. But then God began to devise the means whereby those who were banished wouldn't be expelled. Yes, God devised the means by which those who had been banished could come back into the fellowship, into the family of God, and be once again restored. And isn't that exactly what the gospel message is all about? It's all about restoration. God restoring those who have been banished as the result of their sin. And God devises the means. And what were those means? His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, who took upon him our blame and guilt for our sins. Jesus suffered and died. He took our punishment and penalty for our sin upon himself. He died in our place, didn't he? He became sin for us who knew no sin, in order that God might forgive you and me our sin and bring us back into the family of God, to bring you back and make you one. So her counsel, David, you devise the plan now. Bring Absalom home. 
words of wisdom. Let's go back and rehearse verse 14 one final time. For we will surely die and become like water spilled on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. Yet God does not take away a life, but he devises means so that his banished ones are not expelled from him. Now, maybe you have been banished from the family of God because of your sin. I don't know what's going on in your life. God knows. Maybe at this point you're thinking, God doesn't love you. God doesn't want you. But remember, God is not a respecter of persons. Maybe you're thinking that you've committed a very grievous sin that's unforgivable. Well, once again, remember, God is no respecter of persons. And in spite of that, if you will ask God to forgive you of that sin, you can once again enter into fellowship with God. God continues to be interested in you. In fact, that's the very reason why you're here. Those of you who are watching on our live stream, God still loves you. God is still interested in you. He wants to share with you. He wants you to bring you back into fellowship and communion with you. And he has devised the means by which you can come. And what is that means? It's simply acknowledging your sin and inviting Christ to come and be the Lord and Savior of your life. So what's going on in your life right now? Is it some kind of a broken relationship that needs to be restored? Hey, don't let pride stand in the way. Again, you know, you're not going to live forever. Time is short. It's amazing how quickly time passes. I can't believe in two weeks I'm going to be 72 years old. I can't believe it. I don't know where time has gone. I still feel like a young kid, you know? Uh, during this time of the, the season, you know, when I was growing up, I was always getting ready to play football. And, uh, and that's why I always liked the fall season. I was always, like, getting, you know, pumped up for the, for the season, and I was getting ready to play football. And, and even now, today, when we start moving into, like, September, I'm, I'm thinking, wow, man, I can't wait for the football season to start, and I get all excited, and I... And when they, when they play the national anthem before the beginning of any football games, tears come to my eyes, you know? I still feel like a young kid. But my body doesn't feel like a young kid anymore. And I can't believe it. I'm going to be 72 years old. Where in the world has time gone? You know, raising five children, being married for 40-something years. Now I, have grand, now I have five grandchildren. I had five kids. Now I have five grandchildren. Where in the world has time gone? It goes so fast. Hey, listen, the only thing that you'll have to look forward to if you don't reconcile those relationships are your regrets and a funeral. Seize the opportunity right now to restore any broken relationship that you might have with another individual, a member of your family, a friend, a co-worker, or whatever. But more than anything else, make sure that you reconcile your relationship with God. In my Father's house there's a place for me in my father's house where I long to be. Oh, my We're so glad you joined us today on In My Father's House for our continuing verse-by-verse -verse study through the book of 2 Samuel. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor Mike, please visit our website at harvestnyc.org. You can listen online, just go to the Resources tab. 
Otherwise, you can find them on oneplace.com and search for Harvest Christian Fellowship or Pastor Mike Venizio. Viewing our recent services can be an option as well through Vimeo. We also invite you to subscribe to our podcast. Just search your favorite platform for In My Father's House with Mike Venizio. If you're in Midtown Manhattan and looking for a church home, come visit us here at Harvest Christian Fellowship. We meet every week for worship, Bible study, and fellowship. It's easy to get here. You get directions and service times at our website. If you can't make it in person, that's okay. Join us on the live stream to participate in our services virtually. Just follow the link at harvestnyc.org. If you happen to have any questions for us, give us a call at 212-247-1877. That number again is 212-247-1877. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram too. Just follow the links on our website. Again, that's harvestnyc.org. We're so glad you took the time to listen in today, and we hope you'll join us again next time on In My Father's House. There's a place for